mornings a week, we meet before breakfast for an early morning run. We spend most of our time planning and reflecting on what's happening in our classrooms. This has become our favorite professional development. So we figured, why not share these moments with you? Welcome to Math Before Breakfast. This is episode 51. I'm Tracy Prophet. I'm Ruth Urquiaga. And I'm Jay Prophet. And 51 is a multiple of 3 and 17. You are Which so is right. this little curse that I have that every time someone says a number, I think about the factors of it. That's a good one to keep in mind, though, because it, you don't think it's divisible by 3, you know, if you just, like, look at it. Right. It is. Well, if you add the digits and then see if that number is divisible by 3. Go, Jay Prophet! You have so learned something in the last year. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. That's awesome. <laughs> One thing, in a year of listening to you two talk about math, I've picked up how to find a, a multiple of 3. Awesome. I love it. All right, so today we're going to talk about um, Ruth's recent decimal lesson that she did and p- particularly thinking about ways to differentiate for a student that just has a ton of background knowledge. And then I'm going to talk about kind of where things are going with coaching right now in my building. Um, and yeah, we'll see where things go from there. We, this is our, we're switching our day that we're podcasting. So it's feeling a little weird. We we're on a Monday. It's, we're usually on a Thursday um, to accommodate my running schedule. Thanks Ruth. I appreciate it. <laughs> We can do it. Yeah. Awesome. No problem. So let's just jump in. Um, last week, we talked to Robert Kaplinski, which was And we awesome. are super excited. Yeah. You've already heard it probably, but at this point of recording, we haven't released it, yeah. so it's still secret. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, it's, it was so fun. Um, and we really appreciate him joining us. So, But one of the things that we talked about was the mini-me lesson that he has posted on his real-world lesson library. And you decided to give it a go. Um, but I think in order to make sense out of it, you got to start all the way back at the beginning and kind of like... Ex- it's a very good place to start. Yeah. Explain it to s- explain it like someone had never heard of it. Or maybe explain it like you're trying to get, you know, a new teacher who teaches beside you to to be prepared to teach it. Because, um, yeah. So right. tell us tell us about the lesson and then we'll tackle your question of differentiation. So it started with decimal multiplication how am i going to introduce it where does a task fit in right does a task fit in after they've already learned the algorithm and now they're going to apply it do i put a multiplication task in there with no prior knowledge and so since you told me to start at the beginning i'm going to go back to the decimal number project that there's another podcast that i gave the details of but i did it with this class and One of the things on their project is that they have to write a multiplication problem that equals their number. Okay. So if your number is 1.72 or 1 in 72 hundredths, you have to write a multiplication problem that equals that. And if you don't have any decimal multiplication, then you're tempted to say, well, a lot of kids are tempted to say 1.72 times 0.1 because you got to have a decimal in there, right? To make a multiplication problem because they don't have any prior knowledge. Okay. So I next year I'm going to change it to make it greater than two because I did get a lot of students who wrote 1.72 times one mm-hmm. is their multiplication. But for the ones who came to me and asked, I was able to ask them to model their number with base 10 blocks and then say, do you see equal groups? Do you see a way you could share this with two people or three people or four people? Okay. So now they're saying, oh – 
Which I didn't do that problem in my head. What is 172? Well, split the one in half. That would be 50. 0.5, 0.35, 0.85, 0.86. Well, I didn't follow you that fast, but that's 70 yeah. and one. Yeah. Okay. So 86 hundredths. Two groups of 86 hundredths. Students are really able to get that. And then some of the... Some students were able to say, oh, well, I could do four groups of 4,300s because uh-huh. they're able to see that. So already they're realizing that you can have a decimal answer and not have a decimal in both factors. Okay. Um, so now we're headed into this. And we also – I'm using that language. So I'm saying this is also half of 1 in 72 hundredths. Mm-hmm. So they're being introduced to multiplying fractions without knowing okay. it's multiplying fractions. I mean decimals. Decimal. Well, no, half of mm. is multiplying by a fraction, okay. right? Okay. So then that's the whole idea is we're going to take that transition. And if you know what half is, well, that's what you get when you multiply by 0.5 as well. Okay. That was my idea. Like if you can mentally compute half of your number, mm-hmm. then you can also mentally compute five-tenths times your number. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and so Robert Kaplinsky, when we were talking about this on the episode with him, I just asked him where he would go. And he said he would start with mini me mm-hmm. and he said, maybe give them some background knowledge or it was, I don't know if it was him or you, but so I'm giving you both credit. But okay. <laughs> one of you said, start with background knowledge of one eighth. Okay. So they would be able to as quickly as they can compare one half to five tenths, compare one eighth to 12 and a half tenths or 125 thousandths. Okay. Or twelve and a half hundreds. Anyways, we started there. I had a really short class, and so I put a box of eight crayons and a dollar bill on the screen. And instead of turning it into a word problem, their warm-up was look at the pictures and write three questions you can answer using this information. And make sure your questions are your math level questions and then answer them. Huh. So, which was something that came out of our run early in the week because we were kind of headed in the direction of like, here, here's a picture of eight crayons and a dollar. And you were just going to put the, I mean, I was thinking you were just going to put the question up there. How much is each crayon worth? Um, but you were like, well, I have kids in my class that definitely can't do that yet on their own. Um, how to not you... even know how to start. Yeah. And so I, I liked that edit of you write the questions. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah. So I got questions like how much is two boxes of crayons? Mm-hmm. But I got questions like how much change do you get from $5.89 if you buy four boxes of crayons? Hmm. Um, and then I got like what do four and seven-eighths boxes cost? <laughs> And 30 crayons. I thought that, oh, that right? was a good one. What was the price of 30 crayons? So how many crayons? crayons is in a box? Eight? Mm-hmm. She was, I Did was... You, could you see a box on that picture mm-hmm. or was it just eight loose crayons? No, you could see a box. Okay. When she told me, I was like, eight little crayons for a dollar, that's not how many... But she said they were jumbo crayons. And oh, I will well, have you know let's that... back up and start this again because I wasn't envisioning jumbo crayons. <laughs> well, when I we Googled it, yeah, eight crayons at Staples were 99 cents. Oh. Just that's a like, rip-off. A little box. Well, this, this isn't back to school day, Tracy. Yeah, right. That's that's when you can get like a box of crowns for a nickel. Yeah. Okay. Well, hmm, that'd be another good. Right. Question. Were they Crayola crowns? Because if they were like they the were nice Crayola. stuff, then I would. Oh, pay that I much did for get them. that question too. 
why should you buy these crayons? <laughs> How are you going to answer that mathematically? <laughs> they said teacher preferred. <laughs> Because it says that on the box. So that was his answer. (laughs) That's funny. Like, that's a great question and answer, but let's save that for noticing and wondering. Yeah. I'm looking for some mathematical (laughs) questions. That's funny. (laughs) Okay. So we went through the whole process of if I, I turned the dollar into a rectangle and I showed the dividing lines, a half and a fourth and an eighth. Okay. Eventually we got to where there was a quarter in each of the fourth spots and when that line went across to cut them all in half, the quarters got cut in half and moved up a little bit. And so now there was half a quarter. So then we had a conversation about how do you figure out what half a quarter is? And that's where we got things like 12 and a half cents, mm-hmm. to which I then said, well, how do you write that as a dollar amount rather than a cents amount? Mm-hmm. Which is another thing I taught for the decimal project. Um is this something that your kids have no knowledge of? And like th- they so, have not learned in, in in fourth or fifth grade that one eighth is equal to one hundred twenty five thousandths. Some of them, yeah. I mean, yeah, for you sure. Point one two five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. Did I say it wrong? No, no you oh. just said one hundred twenty five thousandths, which no one else talks like that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, which is kind of where I am with needing the differentiation. Because I could have put that question up there, what is an eighth of a dollar, mm-hmm. and had a handful, a substantial amount of students, or a handful amount of students, enough for me to care about it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Even if I have one that can do it, it still bothers me. Like, what am I doing for him? He's yeah. just kind of sitting there like, oh. Yeah. And we talked in the last podcast about... The girl who was like, quarters, people, quarters. You know, that's kind of the whole idea. So anyways, for that particular lesson, the the class was over. Yeah. So we took that knowledge. And then the next day we did the mini-me, which they love the video. It was (laughs) great attention getter. And it's really short. So you can play it when they're talking and they don't even really know that you've moved on to the next thing. And then they're like, wait, I missed that. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to play it one more time, and this is what you're going to listen yeah. for. With, did Were any of them familiar with it? You, what, one you person. Wow. One sixth grader knew Austin Powers. <laughs> wow. But in the hallway, it was all they were talking about because he was, like, sniffing his coffee or something at the very beginning of the clip. Uh-huh. So they were really trying to figure out why he was sniffing his coffee. And then at the end, he does something with his fingers that I don't even know. And he's like, That's, you can just call him mini-me. So they were all in the hallway. Uh (laughs) It's funny funny how you can just take that one little clip. They probably couldn't tell you what one math thing they did with it. Yeah. But they were telling their friends. Yeah. We're watching a movie in math class. Okay. So you watch the clip. (laughs) Tell us. That's awesome. What's what what does the clip do to set up the math problem? So they have cloned Dr. Evil. And he is exactly the same, except he is beep your size and they bleep out the fraction one eighth so it it you see this little mini me come in who looks exactly like him and the movie says he's one eighth your size and then you i ask the students to predict what fraction or decimal they think was there okay and then um as i walk around i notice that 
most of them have either put one half or one fourth or one eighth. A couple people put one third. And so that's how I set it up. It's like, so this is what you guys think. Let's figure out which one of these, what they really equal. And then we'll talk about which one makes sense. So it's there in meters and it's there in feet and inches. The height of both people? Mm-hmm. No, just the height. Well, the height of both people, but I only tell them the height of Dr. Evil. So okay. we t- say it's one and 73 hundredths or 1.73 meters. And I get out my meter sticks and I show them how tall that is. And then I say, if mini me is half his size, how tall will he be? If mini me is a fourth of his size, how tall will he be? And if he is an eighth of his size, well, 1.73 divided by two leaves you a five in the one's place. So now you're going to divide it again and you're going to end with a two five and then you're going to divide it again. So by the time they got to the eighth of his size, they were all the way out to the hundred thousandths place in decimals. So just practicing reading your answers was also a really good decimal. Are they? An eighth is size doesn't mean an eighth is height, though. Ooh, that is another math question that was posed by that. We talked about what do you think they meant by size? How else could you measure him? Why do you think that they meant height? And so we had a really good conversation about what size meant. It could mean weight or wingspan. Or someone said volume. It could mean volume. I'm not real sure how to calculate the volume of a human, but displacity, right? Is that displacement was a word. Yeah, Dis- yeah. I mean, I guess you can float them in water, and you can find their volume. <laughs> displacement. Um, but like, I know if, in like building models as a kid, you would have a, you know, a one twenty fourth scale model or one thirty second scale model, and it doesn't mean that this times twenty four, like a car, you know. If a of a one twenty fourth scale model is I don't know this size, you don't multiply it by twenty four, and that's how long the real car is. Well, what does it mean then? Yeah, it's just like like twenty four of your cars could fit in I guess, a real car. I guess. Well, so I that's kind of like volume, right? I feel like that's not enough cars. Twenty four model cars to. I mean, you could put twenty four. Mo- I mean, it may not be the size model I'm thinking about. I don't know. Oh. I just think that that when you think of a how many times bigger somebody is than someone else, it's it's not necessarily height. Height. They d- I mean, it's there on the website to talk about that with the students. Uh-huh. Um, huh. And then why do you think we are choosing height? And it's because he's so short when he's when they show him on yeah. the video. So Okay, so how were they I mean, going, you said it was 1.73, right? Mm-hmm. Meters. And I could. I was incorrect. When it's talking about models, it is an exact 124th scale. So if something was, so if a car is, you know, 14 feet long, then 124th of that long is how long the model car is. Cool. Well, so if, in models, I was incorrect. But I don't think, but you can't always go by that when you're saying something is eight times bigger. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean length or height. Right. Height. So is that ratio only with the length of the car? Well, the, no. Well, the ratio, anything, any measurement that you would find on a on a full-size car, if you had a 124th scale model, it would be 124th or, or you know, 124th the size of that measurement. You could use a like a 
different like scales, ruler scales or whatever. Um, but it's a it's a ratio of measurement. It's not saying that the car is one twenty fourth the size. It's not a fraction. It's a it's a ratio of measurement. So if my tires were twenty four inches on my car, then my model would be one inch tires. Right. Okay. And and I'm not you know it's written as one to twenty colon twenty four, not one over twenty four. Hmm. Which, Which is that different? Is that the same? I'm not a mathematician. It's supposed to be the same. I still think if you take any measurement on your car and you divide it by 24 or you multiply it by 1 over 24, you're going to get the size of your model. But does that mean that if I went out there with 24 model cars, it would be the same size as my real car? No. No. Well, then it's not 1 24th. But if you laid them end to car. end, if you laid them end to end, it would be the same length. And then stacked them up. It would be the same height. Yeah. But that's not the same as being one twenty fourth of my car. Uh-uh. Okay. That's what that's what that's where my brain was getting confused. And it's kind of a like a scale ratio for that versus it is not if I cut my car into twenty four pieces, it would not be the same. It has to do with two it has to do with like area versus length or volume, you know, it's that whole right two or three times perimeter area and volume it has to do with length or area or this the square units Mm -hmm. i don't know hmm we've got something to think about (laughs) yeah it's just it's it's the you know i mean but you could do it that way you could take the volume of the car and you could get a car with the volume of 124th but i think that would be pretty different right well this is what i'm thinking 124th scale you are comparing measurements which are a linear measurement not not a squared measurement that's, or a cube that's kind of what i was trying to say mm-hmm. is that this one this one to 24 thing or one eighth of the guy we're we're saying is a linear measurement and not that's exactly right. See, I don't think what we're talking about with one eighth of one eighth of size is a linear measurement, though. Huh. I think I that's think... I think that's different than a scale model because any any measurement on one car to the other car would be one twenty fourth or the the model to the real car. But I think that's only in one dimensional measurements, linear measurements, not not squared or cubed measurements. I don't know though. Somebody out there has done this and knows. Yeah. Somebody has thought about the math when they were building a model car. Yeah. All right. Well, we've Sorry walked to our take s- us off that we've track. Right. walked ourselves into something we don't know. And <laughs> we're just going to turn around this and walk back to where we do know <laughs> yeah. and it's start just, talking there. Exactly. There's this uncomfortable feeling of, oh, we just exposed ourselves. It was like a little bit confused. <laughs> but, you know, that's okay. That's what our students, you know. Right. And and here And here's the thing, like. We wanted to know how does this problem scale up for, uh, um, you know, students who have more background knowledge. We just we just kind of took it there a little bit. Okay, go back to. I can see how they would take how they would find half of one in seventy three hundredths of a meter. They could just like think about splitting the one meter and the seventy three parts in half. You know, there's lots of ways to do that. I feel like. I know how students could do that, but then how did they, did they just take the, that one and split it in half again to get so, the one fourth? I think the, the student that I am thinking about the most, um, 
has a lot of grit. He doesn't have a lot of number sense. So he was not able to just whip out a division problem and get it right. And so I walked over to his paper and he had drawn 1.73 and he had taken his pencil and he had shaded half of all of them. So he had shaded five tenths of the whole and he had shaded 35 hundredths of the rods. And then he kind of had this half thing going and he's like, how do I say one and a half hundredths? So when we wrote one and a half hundredths, I, I really, I just said, how do you write one hundredth? And he said, 0.01. Mm-hmm. And what number do we use for half? And so he just put a five after it and was like, oh. So well, now he redrew 865. And it was funny because he changed the whole when he was drawing. He said, Missy, I know this is, these are tenths, but can I just draw these as whole so I can have cool. squares and rods and units? Absolutely. That's you neat. know. So now he's got four of those and three of those, and he's looking at his five, which was in the thousandths place. Mm-hmm. And he's like, how do I do that? And I said, well, what do you know half of 50 is? So I can just add a 25 on the end. And so there was a lot going on cool. without dividing it by half. Now, I'm talking as if this was like a whole class and it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that was one kid. <laughs> I was sitting beside him and we were having this conversation. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where the frustration comes as a teacher because those are the kind of moments that you really want. But you want them for everyone. Yeah. Meanwhile, I have a kid who's just divided it by two and by four and by eight. And gotten the answer is just sitting there like, what do I do next? Mm-hmm. To which I said, um, can you find one-third or two-fifths? Because those are the other two estimates someone guessed in this class. Okay. And so he did. Mm-hmm. What do I do when I'm done? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, But as I was running with you, the lesson had already been taught. It was like, man... I totally, totally could have had them write them as with the correct label. First of all, would have they gotten meters? So 865 thousandths of a meter. Okay. And then converted them. How many centimeters is that? How many millimeters is that? And I haven't taught that. Mm -hmm. But if they had a meter stick in front of them, Mm -hmm. they could have totally done something like that. And I didn't, it didn't come to me. I didn't think I could have done that. But we have talked about the relationship between dollars and cents and how you, if you're going to use a dollar sign, that means your dollar is a whole. And so you write 0.865 with the dollar sign. But when you convert that to a cents, it's 86.5 cents. And what that means, if you don't do it correctly and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I did have them. I was like, okay, well, pretend that's dollars and write it as cents. But yeah. I could have, I could have had them do meters and centimeters. Yeah. Go ahead. Did you have something you would add? I was still thinking about <laughs> your size and that kind of stuff. So. Well, go ahead, because I'm I'm trying to think of how I'm going to reply. So go divert us. Divert us. Is that the right word? Well, we were talking about you know one eighth. If somebody was one eighth. Say that's true that Minimi was actually one eighth the size of of Doctor Evil. There's no, I mean, he wasn't an eighth his height because Doctor Evil let's round to say he was six feet. He wasn't, you know, 
however however tiny well, you that totally was. totally just ruined the whole point of the because you're right he's not an ah! ape and they the movie hollywood just changed it so it would be more dramatic right but if you think of in three dimensions and you kind of take the a cube of that that would be half his height or half his weight which is realistic for a, a small person to be half so you're saying that he's not one-eighth his height, but he might be one-eighth his size. Right. And if, you, and if you're and if you looking at three dimensions and you know, height, width, length, length, width, and break it down like that, then maybe, you know, he would be half his height or half his weight, but still could be one-eighth his size. That's what we were trying to say. And Jay just did it. Okay, do it again. Three so dimensions. Because he has three height, dimensions. Half his weight and half his size. And a half times a half times a half is an eighth. Oh. Like if, you, if you're looking at, at a television screen, um, um, and this is something that I was in my head mentally comparing it to, is if you have a, a, a high-definition television screen that's 1920 across by 1080 top to bottom, those are like the, the number of pixels in like a, a, a full – HD screen. Okay. A 4K screen, which is, you know, like 4,000 pixel, you know, is twice the length and twice the height, but it's four times the resolution. Mm-hmm. It's not just twice the resolution because it's twice the height or twice the resolution because it's twice the width. It's four times the resolution because you have to work in two dimensions. If that were cubes of ice and you just doubled the dimensions, you would have eight times the volume of the original cube. Yeah. So that's So if like I took a 124th scale model, if it's linear 24th scale, then it would be actually 196th the size of the original car. So, like, if you stacked ninety six of these models in a rough in a shape roughly the size of the car, it should be about the same. Hmm. I just remember this conversation I had with Mr. Cottle when I first started teaching. Mr. Cottle was an algebra two teacher, mm-hmm. and one of the questions on my test was, um, if a rectangle is four centimeters by three centimeters, okay. what is the area? I'm sorry. It's four meters by three meters. Okay. What is the area in centimeters? Mm-hmm. And I was teaching my students that they could say four times three is 12 and convert that to centimeters. Yeah. And he said, you can't do that because yeah. you have, it's the same thing you said, you have two dimensions. So instead of it being 1,200 centimeters, it's really 120,000 because I had to convert the four meters to 400 centimeters and the three meters to 300 centimeters and then mm-hmm. find the area. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's those two dimensions. Yeah. I was thinking about when I was trying to wrap my brain around it, I was thinking about what I could, what kind of like cube or something I could build that would help me get it. Like I'm thinking about, I need a model that's a little more concrete like I, I'm, I drew your picture of your TV here as you mm-hmm. were going, yeah. and I can see how it would be one fourth of the size. I got that. Then you went into ice cubes, and I was like, eh, I don't have a picture yet, but 
um, if you make it, yeah, to make it f- one, two, three, four, to make it four times, to make it, I can't say it. I don't know, but I, but I'm believing you. I'm to, gonna have to think about it some to more. To double the measurement of height and width, and then also depth of a cube, you would then have eight cubes instead of just four. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So in the back to <laughs> back to mini me, this is good. Um, we were worried we wouldn't have enough to talk about today. <laughs> um, tell me, well, I want to hear the last part. So here they have, now they have a list of all, we still didn't answer the question about differentiation, but maybe we'll get there. Now we have a list of if he was half the height, I guess we should say height mm-hmm. now instead of size. If he's half the height, this is how tall he would be. If he's a fourth of the height, this is how tall. You had eighth of a height, two fifths and one third. Also, if they were finished early, mm-hmm. what comes after that? So now you play the video and you reveal that the video says he's one eighth his size. Okay. So you, along the way, I've pulled up the meter stick and I've showed what one eighth of 173 centimeters looks like. And it's like 21 centimeters and so they're like missy someone can't be that tall so then you pull up their cards that are provided on the website with actually mike myers height and vernay troyer's height Vern troy what it's Vern troyer okay thank you (laughs) i didn't say his name i just showed it (laughs) there's my pop culture yeah knowledge coming (laughs) in and it reveals that he is eighty one hundredths of a meter. Okay. Tall. Okay. So now we have this conversation about what fraction is that really? Okay. Because eight hundred and sixty five thousandths is half, and forty four thousand three hundred twenty five ten thousandths is a quarter. So he's somewhere between a half and a fourth. He's closer to a half. What fraction could that be? And that's kind of where we end it. Okay. Like, what what could that be? Maybe I could have said, figure out exactly what fraction that is. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of where we left it, classes. You got all that in one, one class. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good, I think. Um, okay. So now we're... So now I understand the lesson a lot better. Thank you. All these times we've been talking about it, I've been like kind of halfway hanging on. (laughs) So um, now we have to think about what – so the the part where they were – the kids who had background knowledge were sitting waiting was when you said, what's a half, a fourth, and an eighth Mm -hmm. of that number? And so one way was to tell them to write it in – meters and then centimeters at least those are those are realistic like it's not very real like necessary or helpful to put it in millimeters right right um hmm. i just looked up the height of both men was she right i didn't hear her exact number but Vern was two foot eight so if you doubled that that'd be five foot four inches and mike meyer was five foot seven inches so Almost right on half his height. Huh. I mean, three inches. I wonder if that's... Three or four inches shy. I wonder if that's how I could do it. What if I gave them two foot eight or five foot seven? Hold on. Go back. Go back to... Let's just... If 
if I changed the units and said, oh, you know what half and a fourth and an eighth of 1.73 is? We'll figure out a half of 5.7. That's more than just doing a long division problem. Mm-hmm. Because you have to do the conversions and... Or doubling two foot eight. Yeah. Makes you, you know, you. I mean, you could say he's four foot 16 inches, but... Yeah. You don't, you know, people don't say that. But I wouldn't want to give them that information when everyone else is trying to figure out. I feel like that would cause, as far as classroom management, they would be like already at the point where they're figuring out it's a little less than so half. So you'd say, okay, I gave it to you in, in meters. Mm-hmm. Here's his height in U.S. customary. Right. How would you, what would you call it? Right. A half, a fourth, and an eighth, an eighth. of that. That's good. Because um, both of those measurements are on the website, on Kaplinsky's website. It's just like a little card that's got that information mm-hmm. on it. And you can just show Mike Myers. And so here you go. This is how I'm, I want everybody to do one in 73 hundredths, a half and a fourth and an eighth. And then I want you to really think about how you would do a half and a fourth and an eighth of five foot seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking, I kept thinking about like trying to come up with something that they could do related to themselves or something in the classroom. Um, like how tall are you in, in meters, you know? Hmm. Um, and then, I mean, I, I don't know that there's a point in saying what's a half, a fourth and an eighth of your height at that point. Um, or what fraction do you think you are of Mike Myers? Right. Oh. What? I'm not quite two meters tall. I'm bummed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How much taller would you have to be to be two meters tall? I don't know. What's two meters? I'm 1.9. Oh, 1.95 meters or something like that. 905 meters. 905 meters? Hold on. I've already left the screen. I would have to be... Six and a half feet. Oh. Oh. I'm yeah, 1.905 meters tall. Oh. All right. Because I'm only six foot three inches, not six foot so six So I inches. think I... You've got something. Yeah, I've got something. I'm not things. sure it came from me. It came from you. Good job. That's how That's how the best coaches work, right, Ruth? <laughs> <laughs> but that's why we run, right? Is yeah. So that we can hash this stuff out. It's just nice when it, you hash it out before it happens yeah. in the classroom. Well... When does that ever really happen? Like, that's why teaching is – that's one of the things I like about teaching is that you get another go at it, you know, sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes you get another go at it. And that's why this podcast is so cool because I could go back and listen to what I did last year and tweak it. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So talk to us about coaches. Yeah. So – when we when we started this podcast, it was it was last year this time a little bit before, and we were making all these changes in our classrooms, and it was like, gosh, things are happening so fast. I wish we were kind of like one of the reasons was we wish we could record, like keep a record of what we were changing and how it was going and our growth, you know. And neither one of us wanted to or had the time to write it down, like in the format that. And a lot neither of people- one of us really have super detailed lesson plans that you could go back and yeah. remember your yeah we're just really on the fly like let's make this happen it's probably not a good teaching yeah strategy it's not something you teach to brand new teachers right 
Thanks for thanks for but laying I, it all out there, Ruth. Outing everybody. <laughs> yes. So yeah. I, I just didn't like the permanentness of putting it in writing, and you <laughs> know permanence. when right. Thanks. My my words have been all over the place today, um, because a lot of what we we're doing, I felt like was rough draft thinking, right in mm-hmm. the teaching. So that's why the podcast whole thing. Okay. Well, I'm in that same place with coaching right now. My first year of doing it, and I'm. You know, I've learned a lot of things and I've read a lot of about how to do it, but I'm also like, okay, this is real life and you have dealing with real personalities and real people that are real stressed out and you have to like kind of figure out what you're doing. So this week I had, or I guess last week I had this moment where I was like, okay, I'm at this stopping point because I don't have you know, a mile long to-do list and people like, I need this and I need this and I need this right now. I have to come up with what the next move is. Um, And so I decided to take two steps. And so the reason I'm sharing this is because it's just part of our growth and I'm not sure that I have it right, but this is what I tried to decide to do next. So um, one is with number talks. I had to write at the beginning of the year, my goals that I turned into my, to my school, like my college, because they're kind of like doing a on like ongoing support program of all of us who are new coaches and you had to write what your goals are. And then you have to check in with them and say, this is how, what pro you know, what progress I've made. So one was about, um, getting teachers to become comfortable and efficient with number talks. And, um, We started the year with people all over the place. We started with people who had, you know, heard it in a PD at least two times, but had never done it before. We started with people who had done it a lot. Um, There were people who'd never heard of it before. Like, we're just all over the place because we have so much turnover in our building. Um, So, you know, a few months later, we're still kind of all over the place. So what (laughs) I and and, you know, I'm, I'm hearing more people working on it. Um, and talking about it, but still knowing there are people who haven't done it and don't know what a number talk is, and then people who are very experienced. So here we are needing some differentiation in the coaching, right? That's what coaching is all about. So I finally decided to put out a, a survey, and I'll gladly share that for somebody who might want to edit it for their own purpose of what they're working on. But the survey basically asked for the teacher's name, what their current level of implementation was with number talks, and then what kind of support they wanted. And um, the support one had like 10, at least 10 different choices. Um, Like, I want you to teach me the basics of number talks, or I want you to model a number talk for me, or I want to plan one with you, or I want you to observe me do one, or I want you to record me doing one and then talk about it, or um, I want you to answer some questions I have about it. Or um, I didn't, you asked earlier, did you give him a choice of leave me alone, lady? <laughs> and no, Seriously, I didn't. enough with the number talk. Right. I didn't give that as a choice, but I did have a right in other at the bottom so they could say that. Um, and I didn't require it. And my main thinking, I didn't require it to be answered. Mm-hmm. My main thinking of that was just that I, we have a really large building and if I required it, um, and I got all these responses. It's more than I could tackle in a week or two. And I didn't want people to be like, well, what was the point in answering her survey? She didn't answer me, you know? And you wouldn't want people to lie. Right. To impress you. Right. And say they really wanted to, and you show up and they don't really want right. to. Right. Yes. I mean, 
you're kind of at the point in your career where you want to help the people who want to be helped. Yeah. And, you know, maybe some others will catch on like, oh, she really does have something to offer. Yeah. So I was excited to see I got, I counted this 12. one, 12 responses, like, and I sent it out Friday, which, and it's Monday now. So I'm feeling pretty jazzed about that. Um, I've already, and I, I had, you know, people who were honest, people who said I haven't done it before. Um, that was only one actually. And then about, I would say maybe it was about half, half the people said I've done less than five number talks and half the people said I've done more than five number talks. I don't really know why I picked that number other than I didn't want them to feel like there was, I didn't want them to feel bad. So I put it pretty low. Right. It's, it's better to say I've done less than five than less than two. Right. Yes, (laughs) exactly. Oh, that's (laughs) So, um, you know, pe- pe- people's responses were all over the place too. Like, teach me number talks. I got observe me. I got a lot of plan them with me. I got some model for me. Nobody wanted to go. Nobody asked to go see another person do it, which I thought that was interesting. Which is that whole thing we talked about with Kaplinsky's observe yeah. me. There's some kind of stigma or something yeah. that makes teachers feel like. I don't want to observe you because I don't want you to feel bad and or be nervous. And I know you'll be nervous if I come. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of how we think. I, I don't think know it's why. I don't want to observe you because I definitely don't want you observing me and telling me I'm not doing something right. Huh. Hmm. Who knows why that why the reason yeah. is there? I don't know. Um, so, yeah, last night I. I wrote back like the first eight or so people on the list and some of them just wanted resources. So that was easy to share. Um, and I put out those resources to gave them those resources. Um, and so I went through the beginning of the list and then the second half of the list, I earned the second, third, fourth, whatever the list I wrote and was like, okay, I'm waiting on these first group of people that answered to, um, get them on the calendar and then you know I'm not I'm not forgetting you. Thank you for replying and I'll be back with you soon about when we can start. Um you should give them some time slots on your calendar and just let them sign up. Uh, you mean like use that auto sign up thing? Well you can like pull a chunk of your calendar and turn it into appointment slots and they can just sign up. Yeah. It's hard because yeah. It's, it's just hard. it's just way complicated to schedule people it's just hard like i don't know i can't explain it i i should get to that point that would be great but when there's so many you're juggling like you my own calendar plus their schedule that has lunch and recess on it and their blocks aren't always the same and you know i don't know like this particular block could have a different start and end time based on who you're talking to yeah i understand so anyway i did work in the schools for a while yeah it's so anyway i've i'm i've We'll see where that goes. One of the ones I'm really excited about is the teacher who said, I think I'm okay with number talks, but I want you to to help me with coral counting. Oh. Yeah. So I'm going to – that is going to be one of my tasks this week is to reread that section of the coral – What grade level is that? Um, third grade. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to reread that section of the book, and um, maybe I'll do it for that person's whole team um, and – see where that goes. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited that she wants to branch out and do something new. So my other t- thing I'm going to try is a lesson study, 
which we've talked about a lesson study a long time ago. We'll put link to that um, episode. But basically the idea is that you plan with a team a really bang, do a really bang up job on one lesson. You really dive in and plan it together of something you're going to teach in the future. And then you go and watch one of the team members teach it and you reflect and then you go watch a different team member teach it another day and then you reflect and then maybe even the third teacher teach it and reflect and then at the end you've got this lesson that you're super proud of and you can implement next year ready to go. Um, So I'm going to try that with a team and I'm thinking about how to, I mean, teaching with rich tasks, I'm just going to be honest, is not something that I feel like my as a whole my building is on it yet you know so I don't think that there's I'm gonna say that's true in most buildings yeah because teaching with rich task is hard yeah and first of all to find them Mm -hmm. or to think about and anticipate all of the student questions or student problems that you're gonna have and all you have to do is google task for anything like multiplying decimal task and all you get are task cards right where they're asking you know just the same question over the same and over. question and so i would i would agree that that is hard and i'm always thinking like what is a real life how could i turn this into a task mm-hmm. that has meaning and you know that whole mini me thing that's a real life task and i think robert last week said there's a difference between relevant and real life. So even though um, Mini-Me and Austin Powers isn't something my students knew, mm-hmm. it's still really relevant. Mm-hmm. And it's it, still real life. It's still real life, even though it's, it's not, not something relevant. that they knew. Okay. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where you are is those real life tasks. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to – the team I've picked, I think, can – I know they can handle it. I'm going to attempt to kind of introduce the whole teaching with the task at the same time that we're doing this lesson study idea. And um, I know it's going to stretch them. It's going to stretch me. I'm going to struggle. I know I'm going to struggle to, like, not be like, just do this. You know, like, I want it to come from them, too. I want them to be invested. And so um, – I don't know. It's I'm walking into uncomfortable territory, <laughs> but they can handle it. I know they can. Right. I have high expectations for them, just like I do for students. So I'll report back in a couple weeks, hopefully, how that's going. <laughs> Everybody's giving me like uncomfortable smiles around the table. <laughs> I was smiling authentically. Okay. Uh, thank you. Good. All right. Well, I think we should wrap it up with some takeaways. Yeah, who's going to go first? Jay Prophet. I will be thinking about scale models and and how much bigger something is than something else for a long time. Yeah. In my head until I until I have, you know, a more, you know, commanding understanding of 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 the whole concept. And and maybe I'll find out that what I said today was completely wrong. Yeah, that's I possible. I mean, it may have been just a bunch of junk that my head came up with. <laughs> sure did sound good. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I'm going to be asking some people questions about that and seeing what I can figure out. Can I, can I make a – I know this might drag us right back into it, but can I make a statement? Okay. I'm picturing um, – I'm picturing snap cubes that I could m- 
or like any kind of cubes that I could make a object out of, right? And if I double every single dimension, then the new cube is eight times as big as the old cube. Is that right? And if I if you double and yes, because like if you have a cube mm-hmm. and you double its width, length. you have length. You have two cubes. Mm-hmm. If you double its length and its width, you have four cubes. four cubes. If you double its length, width, and height, you have eight cubes. Yeah, yeah. So that's all I understand so far. And we would say that 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 one way of saying by by like volume is it's one eighth of the volume mm-hmm. from from or well, I'm going in two different directions. Um, it's eight times the volume if you double the all three dimensions. Correct. Because of exponents. Yeah. Because it's two cubed and you created mm-hmm. a cube that was yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's gonna have to be my takeaway too. I know Jay just took it, but I'm gonna be processing. Just taking that. away my takeaway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be processing that. Yeah. Yeah. I might even like give that to one of my students. Like, have this be mini me. This is one cube to represent mini me. Show me what eight times bigger looks like. Size wise, but I guess you have to be. You might have to be specific, like volume. But I might not. I mm. might just, just give it to him size. and yeah. let him okay. figure it out. Okay, cool. <laughs> so now I'm envisioning four Vern Troyers stand on top of four Vern Troyers <laughs> to be about the size of one Mike Myers. <laughs> <sighs> Sorry, Vern. I don't mean to disrespect you. He passed away last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, but, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. But that's just now. That's the vision in my head. Mm, like, never mind. Okay. Um, what is my takeaway? underneath one great big um, trench coat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my takeaway is, um, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about the lesson study, but I think that um, it's the right next step. I don't know what, that's not really a good takeaway, but it's just real life. Yeah, it's real life. Um, We'll be nervous with you. We're excited to see how it goes. Yeah. Um, And so I'm going to, I don't know. That's what I got to say about that. I'm looking forward to it. Great. I'll be excited to share back later with what happens. All right. I'll see you tomorrow on a run. We got a new route planned, Ruth. Yes, we do. Putting in some hills. Yeah, me too. And you got to find a headlamp. I got one. Okay. All right. I'll see you tomorrow on a run. Great. Bye.